Don't let diaper rash come between you and your baby. Diaper rash can be one of the worst experiences your little one has to go through. Keeping their delicate skin healthy and happy shouldn't require a spatula to apply thick and goopy treatments that can be just as irritating and uncomfortable. When my oldest was little, she would get the worst diaper rash. It left me feeling so desperate to help her while also wanting something gentle on her skin. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is a pediatrician-approved skin protectant free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide. It was developed by a mom who is also a doctor. When she couldn't find any traditional products that worked for her baby's persistent diaper rash, she let nothing get in her way. You can use just a small amount of Dr. Mom Butt Balm to help soothe your baby's skin and feel confident that you are making the right choice. Dr. Mom is committed to providing an ultra-premium formula for moms that won't settle when it comes to their little ones. Soothe and restore with active ingredients being dimethicone and petrolatum. You can find more about Dr. Mom Butt Balm at drmombuttbalm.com or find it on Amazon or walmart.com. Hello, this is Megan with the VBAC link, and we have a wonderful episode for you today. We have a great friend. Her name is Betty. She's actually local here to Salt Lake City, Utah, and she is a pelvic floor specialist. So seriously, you guys, it's going to be a good one. Just hearing her speak, I feel like she's reading from a book. Like there's so much education in her mind that it's, I feel like she's just like reciting this book because she uses like all the right words and just makes sense. So I can't wait for you guys to hear more about pelvic floor and all the things that go into prepping for VBAC, how we can help things after VBAC. And then even, we're going to even talk a little bit about infertility. Of course, we have a review of the week, so I'm going to read that and then jump right in. This review is from JM Clean 4 and it's on Apple Podcasts. And the review title is, I got my VBAC. It says, I am four days out from my VBAC. I told my husband today it was the greatest accomplishment of my life thus far. Thank you, Julie and Megan, and all the wonderful women of strength who shared their stories. I cried so many times on my daily walks while listening to this podcast, including the day before my TOLAC started. It was truly inspiring and one of my main resources in preparing for VBAC, and I will continue to listen to every new episode. Well, JM Klein 4 I hope that you are listening to this wonderful review of yours. Thank you so much for leaving that. If you haven't left a review and you have a moment, please press pause leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play. You can head over to Google and type in the VBAC link and leave us a review there or simply send us an email on Instagram, Facebook, or a personal email at info at the VBAClink.com. You are tuned into the VBAC Link podcast with Megan Heaton, who is a longtime doula and VBAC mom herself, here to help you get inspired for birth after having had a C-section. Along with this podcast, the VBAC Link offers blogs, resources, and a comprehensive VBAC course for both parents preparing for birth and doulas wanting to take their VBAC education to the next level. Be sure to follow Megan and her team on all social media platforms for even more. Although these podcast episodes are VBAC specific, it is encouraged for all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a C-section from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here is your host, Megan. 
Okay, Betty. Oh my gosh. Seriously. I love you so much. And I can't. I love you too, Megan. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I seriously, seriously though. I am actually, I have been one of Betty's patients and she is amazing. And she does pelvic work in my opinion, in a very unique way. I just feel like you do things a little different. And I love that. And I love that you do internal. I love that you do dry needling. I love that you're talking about balancing the pelvis and all of those amazing things. So let's jump into this. I think one of the very first questions I have for you is what does pelvic floor therapy mean? Like, what does that even mean when you say pelvic floor therapy? Yeah. Um, I think most people like front front out of the gates think, Oh, like you do your Kegels. And I want to just like myth bust that right out of the gates of it's way, way not Kegels and way, way more comprehensive and holistic than that. So my definition might be a little bit different than some people, but this is my definition of pelvic floor therapy. We are physical therapists. Then we're orthopedic therapists then we're pelvic floor therapists. So we're kind of like the nerdiest nerds of nerds and like just couldn't stop learning. And so we dove down the rabbit hole of pelvic floor therapy and was like, oh, here's the missing piece, the pelvis. It's kind of important. (laughs) Um, So that's kind of what it encompasses in a nutshell. So like when we do an evaluation, we do a full body movement analysis on you. We look at you from head to toe. We'll have you bend all different directions, squat, balance, lunge, run, whatever you're coming in for. And then we'll dive into each area specifically. So we'll look at your rib cage, your spine, your breathing patterns, your abdomen, how your organs move. We'll check out scar tissue, your hips, the pelvis, SI joints, pubic bone, tailbone, all the way down to your feet. And then we switch gears and do an internal exam as well. And we're looking through the lens of a PT. So we're not a midwife or an OB, but it is a pelvic internal exam similar to that. We're looking at range of motion, strength, coordination, trigger points, prolapse, pressure management, all sorts of things like that. And then piecing all of those things together to figure out, okay, why are you leaking? Why are you having pain with sex? Why do you have tailbone pain? Why do you have low back pain? Why do you have um, SPD or pubic symphysis dysfunction or, you know, all sorts of hosts of things like that um, regarding like the pelvic floor and why you're coming in. Cause a lot of times it's a combination of things inside the pelvis and outside of the pelvis. And we want to make sure we're addressing and getting to the root cause of why you're having symptoms. Cause honestly, 10 people could walk in with the same complaint of like, I pee my pants when I seize, and it could be for 10 different reasons. So we want to make sure we're addressing the reason why you have the issue you're having. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. Cause I think a lot of us do think like, Oh, I pee when I sneeze and they're like, oh, it's because I pushed for five hours and I had, a, you know, and it's maybe not. And I think that is, that's fascinating. And I kind of want to go into a little bit into C-section specifically and how, yeah. how maybe a C-section parent could utilize pelvic floor therapy. Cause I think sometimes for me, even back in the day before I had my vaginal birth, I always thought that my pelvic floor wasn't touched, wasn't damaged, had no, you know, I guess nothing bad happened to my pelvic floor because I was cut open. Right. Sure. But like, like, I feel like the more I have learned, the more I've realized that I really needed, really (laughs) needed you back in the day when I was preparing for both my VBACs. And really my first one, because I feel like over time I've had more issues stem because it didn't get care earlier on. 
Yeah. I think that's a really common misconception too, is like, oh, I had a C-section. My pelvic floor was spared. And really that's not the case. Um, You still grew a human being on top of your pelvic floor. Your pelvic floor still changed um, and your weight shifted and all that stuff like that. There's being pregnant in general is the biggest musculoskeletal change of your entire life. Um, more so than like having a surgery or anything like a knee surgery or shoulder surgery. And then you pull it, put on top of being pregnant and then having a C-section. It's like, oh man, those people really need some pelvic floor rehab because they also had a major abdominal surgery too. And so it's just important to think about like, okay, if we were to do, uh, have just a simple knee surgery and you would do rehab for months to get back to activities, but we don't do anything for um, pregnancy and postpartum as like a standard of care. And that's really what I'm about is really changing that narrative and empowering other people to, to speak up for themselves and seek out that care because it's really necessary. And, and we could avoid a lot of the other surgeries or low back pain or other issues and get people being back to being active and wanting to do the things they want to do. We're going to literally the world changes one vagina at a time. And so that's really important to know, like if you've had a C-section, you most definitely need it pelvic floor rehab, just because it's not just solely pelvic dependent. We're working on the abdomen and the C-section scar and any restrictions or adhesions that have happened. And then turning your core back on and mom butt and all that stuff. So it's all included in pelvic floor rehab. We're making sure that the whole system works and also bringing down the rib cage after being expanded from baby. So there's just so much that can be done. And especially getting that mobility back in the C-section scar, they go, they cut through seven layers of fascia. And that's really important to know because if we don't mobilize that, uh, low back pain is super, super common post C-section. And so we want to make sure that mobility happens in the front side of the abdomen so that you don't torque and pull through your low back as much as you do because it's restricted from the C-section mm. scar. So important pieces to know there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, okay. So, now, you know, that's from parents that have had a C-section. What are the first time parents, how can we use you and your services to avoid a C-section? Totally. We love it when people come in proactively, whether they have things going on or not. Um, When they find out that they're pregnant, typically we see most people around their second trimester, just simply because one, they don't know they're pregnant. (laughs) And then two, they're, they're finally well enough to leave the house and they're not too tired or too sick and things like that. So that's a great time to come in. Or even if you are having pain with intercourse or leaking before you even get pregnant, like know that none of those things are, are normal. Um, and then you, there are things that we can do to address that to even help with getting pregnant. And then when you are pregnant, prepping for labor and delivery, um, a lot of things that we'll look at is just your movement patterns and making sure that your hips move off of your spine, your hip flexors are in good mobility. We can help with the round ligament pain. We can help lengthen the pelvic floor, make sure you're coordinated and know when you're pushing, pushing correctly. And then also making sure that you're in the, I'm going to get a little bit nerdy here. Um, the deep frontal fascia line is a fascia line from your head to your toes and incorporates the pelvic floor and the inner thighs, the adductors and those hip flexors. And so we really work a lot on the balance of that and making sure your adductors, your inner thighs have good length that you can get into a deep squat and get those hips wide and pelvic floor open. Um, and just making sure that you're in good position from a muscular skeletal standpoint for baby mm-hmm. to drop down in that pelvis, be able to open up the pelvis and get the pelvic floor out of the way um, so that you can have a vaginal delivery, whether that's first time or VBAC related to, um, we've had a lot of really cool 
um, patients come in that are seeking VVACs and they're doing, you know, everything they can. They're going to chiropractor, acupuncture, pelvic PT, and doing all the things. And they have beautiful, beautiful outcomes. Um, it's just really cool to see. Oh yeah. I love that. And that's, it's, that's another, I would say misconception is like, oh, I, I haven't had a baby yet. I don't need pelvic floor, you know, rehab at all. And, and I'm just listening to you. Like there's so many things that you can do and prepare us to really have a beautiful experience and then save us so much damage in the long run, because not everyone has severe damage, right? But like we could learn all the tools to minimize anything. Totally. Totally. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of just like prevention, health and wellness, and like actually having true health care versus our sick care model that we currently live in. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So you kind of mentioned a little bit about like back and even like rib and stuff. What other symptoms other than sneezing and peeing or pain Mm -hmm. during sex would someone maybe have that would maybe alarm them to say, hmm, maybe I need to just seek out an opinion for a pelvic floor rehab person. Yeah. Anything related to um, low back, SI, tailbone would be a great spot to start, including, like you said, the leaking, anything with bowel as well. So constipation, hemorrhoids, painful periods, endometriosis, um, diastasis Mm. recti, prolapse or heaviness pressure uh, down in the in the pelvic floor, whether it feels like your organs are falling out or your vagina is falling out. Those are all things that we treat on the daily. And most of the time people come in for like one thing and then we dive deeper into their history and they're like, oh yeah, and this and this. And then they're all of a sudden they're like, oh my gosh, all these things that I thought were just like part of who I am aren't even things anymore. So really all of it we can address because we are that comprehensive PT, orthopedic PT and public PT. So we, we treat, we treat it all and make sure that you're literally living your life to the fullest and walk out of here being like, wow, I never thought I could feel this good. Um, and that's, that's really where we, we put our pride and joy in in helping make that happen for people. Oh my gosh. I love it. And you just have so many like therapists and things all over Utah. How can we find even more people like you, like for our listeners who are not here in Utah, like that maybe have your same um, qualifications and things. Cause you have a number and I'm going to (laughs) talk about it in a second, but you guys, she does other, I mean, it's not other things, but it's other things, but she does this thing called try needling and it's my favorite. So I have to talk about it. Um, But anyway, how, how can people really find someone with qualifications like you? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a couple websites that I'll send people to is just, it's called www.pelvicrehab.com. And that's a great resource. You can just type in your zip code and then it'll pull up a bunch of practitioners that all have like a little bio, potentially a picture if they pay for a subscription or whatnot. And then also www.pelvicguru.com and same thing you type in your zip code and it pulls up practitioners around you. And then you can kind of look at them and I would treat it similarly to, you know, seeking out a hairstylist or a OB, like midwife, doula, like you want to make sure you kind of have a chat with them, see if they're a good fit, see if they fit your same philosophy of like what you're wanting from your care perspective. Um, because there is, there is a definitely a dynamic shift that's happened in pelvic rehab itself is like a lot of us are 
be more, very much more holistic, but there's still some people that still kind of sit in the biofeedback and Kegel world. And that's like what their treatment is. And so just making sure that you're matching well with the, the person that you're finding when you do look on those directories. Um, otherwise just like a simple Google search too, of like pelvic floor therapy near me. And another key piece through that is to know that like most of us are PTs, but there are also OTs as well that, um, Mm. do pelvic rehab. Oh, okay. Good to know. I, I don't even know if I realized that (laughs) OTs can do pelvic rehab. Yep. Awesome. Okay. So let's talk a little bit, a little bit about dry needling or a lot of it, whatever you decide. (laughs) All I know is, okay, a little bit of a story time. So Betty rides, she cycles and so do I. And we did a a little, it's not a race, but like a ride from like across Utah, essentially. And um, she was telling us about dry needling and everyone went to bed and I should have been exhausted, but I just had to learn more about dry needling. And so I started YouTubing it, (laughs) like Googling dry needling. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this looks crazy. And it kind of reminded me of acupuncture a little bit, but anyway, and then when we got home, I scheduled with Betty and she got in and she did this dry needling. And I will say it can be a little kind of intense, but so amazing. So talk about what dry needling is, maybe how it differentiates between acupuncture and how it could benefit people out there. And then also I know that you've been doing it on C-section scar just now, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So yep. let's talk about that too. And like, what, what does dry needling do to a C-section scar? I haven't had that yeah. done yet, yeah. um, but let's talk about those things. Okay. I'm going to start, but if I get like distracted because I like to just talk forever, like totally redirect me. Like, don't forget to talk about this. <laughs> um, okay. So dry needling is a, a tool that we use to help communicate with the nervous system. And so if you think most people know what acupuncture is. And so acupuncture and dry needling use the same needle, but totally different philosophies on like the treatment and the intervention and what it is there for. So acupuncture is very Eastern medicine, Chinese medicine, acupuncture points, chi energy, meridian lines, all that stuff like that. And then dry needling is all about the trigger point in a muscle. So like a knot, when you're like, Oh, I have a knot there, a trigger point. That's what we're after. Um, so we t- use that needle to do dry needling in a trigger point in a muscle. And so what happens when you have a trigger point in a muscle is there's decreased blood flow, which leads to decreased oxygen, which drops the pH in the muscle, which then neuropeptide chemicals sit there and signal to the brain, pain, sharp, dull, stabbing, whatever your brain's perception of that is. And then um, we take a dry needle into the trigger point which creates a local twitch response. So you can know kind of like when your eyelid twitches has that like little twitch trigger to it. It feels like that plus some spicy spark electricity when a a muscle twitches from the dry needle. And then what happens from that twitch is blood flow comes back in, oxygen comes back in, the pH gets restored, and then those neuropeptide chemicals, toxins release into the bloodstream and kind of wash out kind of like a lactic acid burn. Um, and it feels like post-needle, the post-needle soreness that you feel feels like very much like workout sore, only very specifically located to where that needle twitched. Um, and that can last from anywhere from a couple hours to a couple days. And immediately after dry needling, it's such a cool clinical game changer, both for the clinician and the patient, because it's super effective and efficient. You immediately have better range of motion, less pain, better activation of muscles, 
And it just does this whole host of things chemically locally, and then also through the nervous system locally in the spinal cord and up into the brain um, from a central system side too. And so it's just, it's an amazing modality to use. So that was dry needling. <laughs> what was the next part of that you wanted me to answer? Um, well, I, I guess I, I think trying to remember now, cause I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> something about um, C-section scars. Well, yeah. What okay. I was thinking is like, how, and, and maybe even why, yeah. how and why, I mean, you kind of just talked about it. Like, you know, my C's like my left part of my C-section scar is, I think that's where maybe my provider was like stitching like specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, it seems like it's tighter, like on totally. that side, like tough, maybe yeah. tighter, tougher. I don't really know. Yeah. More restricted. Exactly. Yeah. It's more restricted. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know, like maybe it sounds like maybe that's what that would benefit, but yeah, like let's talk about totally. dry needling a C-section scar and yeah. And how that can help and why Absolutely. it would benefit. Absolutely. First, I want to touch on like tightness of the scar on one side versus the other. Typically it depends on where your surgeon stood and where they tied their last like knots. So if your surgeon was standing on the left, it'll probably be tighter on the left. And if they're standing on the right, it would probably be tighter on the right. So just keep that as a side note of like, hmm, where was my mm-hmm. surgeon at? And he was on the left. That's what I was thinking. He was on the left. Yeah. Most people are on the right because the surgeon's right-handed. And so they'll stand on the right. But if you had a left-handed surgeon, they'd stand on the left. So that should make sense. And then as far as um, drying in scars, and it can be done at any scar, really. It doesn't have to be a C-section scar, but that's the one we commonly most see, right? We're pelvic floor PTs. So we see a lot of C-sections is Mm -hmm. we take a dry needle into that tissue where the scar is superficially and then what we do once it's in there, instead of the trigger point twitching that I just described, we spin the needle um, and wind up the fascia around the needle. So fascia, if you Ooh. don't know what that is, yeah, is the spider webby material all over you. It's basically holds you together. You'd be a blob on the floor without it. it you think about like chicken, if you peel chicken apart, you can kind of see the fascial spider webby stuff. So you basically stick the needle in the scar tissue, twist it up. Usually doesn't hurt at all when we're twisting up. It sounds like gnarly, but it's not that bad. It's all superficial. And then when it's twisted up, we really can't, we can't even like pull the needle up because all the fascia wraps around it. And then we just sit there and breathe for a little bit, talk about something else. And then we'll come back. And then uh, once that tissue has kind of relaxed and the nervous system has decided, oh, okay, like I can let go of this holding pattern here, then we can pull that needle out. We can always untwist it too and pull it out if it doesn't. Um, But it's really great. We've had tons of really great success with that of people saying like, oh my gosh, like that like burning symptom is gone or like I can touch my C-section scar now and like pretty immediately right after like big, big changes can happen with that. And then that just frees up mobility and movement. Another thing that we commonly do with that is it oftentimes if that C-section is tacked down, we'll also needle um, the rectus abdominis, which is the six pack muscles both above and below that. And then where that attaches into the pubic bone too. And that can release a lot of things. Um, a lot of times people might have urgency, frequency, burning, almost like UTI like symptoms after a C-section, just because that fascia is pulled tight and that fascia from your abdominal wall goes into your pelvic floor. And so that can cause issues in the pelvic floor too. If that C-section scar doesn't move well in creating those UTI-like mm-hmm. symptoms, even though you don't, you maybe test negative on all of those. That's another good sign that like, hmm, I should go to public PT because I have negative cultures when I test for a UTI. Yeah, that is interesting. Cause I had that and I was like, 
they kept saying like, no, you don't have a UTI, but I was happy. It was in my second C-section. And I was like, I've got to like this. Yeah. And I grew up with UTI. So I just figured like, oh, I had a catheter in. I'm probably, yeah, I probably do because I'm more susceptible, right? Because I have a history of them. And they kept saying, no, 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 you don't. And I was like, okay. So now it makes me wonder. Yeah. It just makes me wonder if that had anything to do with it. Because it was like, it honestly happened for weeks though. Mm-hmm. after birth. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely, definitely something public PT for sure. We, we might need to get you back into need a C-section scar. <laughs> I know. I mean, I don't have the UTI feeling anymore, but I know that I have tightness on that left side and I know that I have adhesions in there. Um, mm-hmm. and that's another thing I wanted to talk about kind of going in there is, you know, with having two C-sections myself and just having a C-section or just a scar in general, like anytime our body is cut open, our body creates like adhesions and scar tissue, right? So how, how can you help or can it affect too? So two questions. One, can it affect the outcome of a vaginal versus cesarean birth if we have dense adhesions and scar tissue in there? And can you, um, as a pelvic PT rehab provider, help with that? Like how can, can you do that? Yeah, I think, well, so we can definitely help with scar tissue, mobility, things like that. Now, true adhesions of like things that we like, can't, you can't really like break adhesions up, let's say from like endometriosis or really heavy scar tissue, but we can definitely move the tissue around it and we can get that scar as mobile as possible. Sometimes we do, like there are the extremes where it's like, you need, you do need surgical intervention to remove adhesions depending on like the severity of it. So I just want to kind of put that out there of like not all things can be like managed with conservative care, but most things can. And so just kind of figuring out where's your ceiling on that and figuring that out. And then um as far as like tears, whether it's vaginal tears or C-section tears, having the mobility through that just allows your body to function the way it's supposed to. And so your pelvic floor can move out of the way. You can have better um, baby able to drop better in the pelvis. If there, if mm. all that is mobile the way it should be um, when you have restrictions and things like that, things kind of tighten up and bind in. And then it's hard to make like even like having a breech baby and getting them flipped. Like if things are really tight, like you can't move them no matter what you do, unless those things were loosened up or um, mm. if the, if the scar tissue is really tense and not moving, like you might tear again on a vaginal delivery if you don't have that mobile and moving. Um, so just making sure that all aspects, and that's, I mean, that's our job too, is to, to evaluate you and make sure, okay, what's moving, what's not moving, what do you have good activation on? What do you not have good activation on? And then fine tune those things so that you can be symptom free and be able to move your body the way it needs to move. Oh my gosh. That makes, yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And do you feel like providers, I mean, how would a provider even be able to diagnose like those really dense adhesions that are causing big problems or could a provider say like your baby could be breached due to this, maybe you could go do this. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, does that happen? Are providers kind of in, in the know? Yeah. I think that's just a hard topic. Like I think like pelvic, like I can speak for us, like as pelvic PTs, like we're like, well, that just makes sense. Like let's balance out the pelvis. Let's get the adductors moving. Let's get the scar tissue moving. Let's get, you know, hip flexors 
out of the way round ligament, like all those things. Like we we're so like, that's our day-to-day things of what we're doing. I think that the rest of the world and most, most providers, not all, there are some amazing other providers that are great advocates for pelvic rehab, but a lot of them don't even know what we do and, or how we can help people. And they still think we do Kegels and biofeedback. And it's like, Oh, just go if you, if you have issues later, or, you know, there's a lot of still, still a lot of that of like, Oh, you have pain with sex. Just have a glass of wine. Like, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. Give it some more time. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like you don't even have, like, it shouldn't be painful at all. And you don't mm-hmm. have to like live with that kind of stuff. So I think it just depends on the provider that you talk to and who, and what their scope is and um, what they do. But I've even had like good relationships with OBs and midwives and stuff like that. And they're fabulous clinicians. They're really good at what they do. And then I ask them a question about something related to pelvic PT. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Wait, what you can do something for that. And so like, that's, that's unfortunately more common than not, but that's, that's really where my passion is too. And I'm, that's why I'm so thankful that you invited me on the podcast here is to just share that, share the knowledge of what, what pelvic floor therapy is and what we can do and what we do help with and know that it's not like something you just have to live with or have surgery or medication. And there's just, there's better ways. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Oh my gosh. Well, there are so many other better ways and I am just so grateful that you are here. Is there anything else that you would like to touch on or anything that you think that our listeners could really, you know, find valuable? I mean, obviously all the things you've said are <laughs> is valuable, but is there anything else that maybe I'm not asking? Cause I don't know the question. You know what I mean? Like sometimes sure. you, it's like when you go to a provider and the provider's like, do you have any questions for me? And you're like, um, should I? Maybe <laughs> it's like I have questions, but I don't know what questions to ask. <laughs> um, it's not even that I don't know. It's just like there's so much that you do that I probably don't even know that you do still. But yeah, yeah. especially for our VBAC, our VBAC um parents, like what, yeah, anything else that you'd like to yeah. cover? I would just say just in general, just being an advocate for yourself. I know you, you can echo that a lot of like, you know, this isn't normal. I know that it's not normal and I should be able to do something about this. Like listen to your gut on that because most likely you can. Um, and then just finding, finding those providers that are, that are a safe space and are going to listen to your story and be able to guide you in the steps that you need to take is just an overall general good thing to know. Something else that we do too, is a lot of return to activity whether that's walking around the block, pushing a stroller or being an ultra trail runner or doing a marathon or CrossFit. Like we get people back to those activities after, after baby, whether that's C-section or vaginal and making sure that they are fundamentally loading their body correctly Mm -hmm. and have those foundations laid so that they know they're activating their core correctly. They're using their glutes appropriately. And they're able to then, um, we have a lot of people that when they do work with us, they go above and beyond what they were even pre-pregnancy because they have that foundation laid. And I'm a big fan of like postpartum is such an opportunity to really get back, like to find out some of those things that were there that you didn't know were there 
um, because you, you basically get stripped down to nothing, right? <laughs> I can say that from experience of like, oh my gosh, what happened to my body and how am I going to get back to running a marathon? Um, mm-hmm. So you can really work on it as an opportunity to really work on those fundamental skill sets and build a really solid foundation of movement patterns and then just go crush it. So um, we really enjoy that too, of getting people back to the activity they want to be doing and higher level, high level activity too. Yeah. Get back to normal life. Cause I, I have had doula clients where they're like, yeah, back in the day when I could lift or back in the day when I could run now. And it's not even like they're always like leaking. It's just like, it's causing pain or they feel a lot of pelvic pressure um, and things like that. And I just want to say like, you can still do that. You can, yeah. you can, yep. you can get there again. If you enjoy those things and you want to, you can do it again. So know that you don't have to feel the way you're feeling forever. Um, totally. There's help out there and it might take time. It might take yep. time and it might take effort and patience and give your body grace and allow it to recover, but it can happen. It really can. Awesome. Yeah. And then we also, if anyone's interested too, we also have some free resources on our website as like PDF downloads to help with just kind of a couple of the things we touched on and online programs, in-person sessions. We, you know, we're, we're available for you guys. That's why we're here. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to ask um, you to share all that. Cause I know you've got a course and then you have freebies. Do you, are you guys doing virtual? Is it possible to do virtual or is it yep. like super recommended for people to kind of find people in their area? Yeah. So we, we definitely do virtual too. We call that a remote consultation and it's, it's not, we don't classify it as public floor therapy because we honestly can't evaluate you <laughs> over the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can be co- kind of like a coach navigator and do some educational role through that. Um, so that's definitely an option from a, uh, online standpoint. And then from there, we, we definitely encourage people to find someone local to them, but if they're unable to find a provider that is really resonating with them and getting them the care that they need, we do offer, um, an out of town program. And so people fly in for a week and they come see us in clinic for anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours a day. And we see them five days a week or however long they're here and get like very intensive program and then send them on their way with um, things to work on. And once they leave and um, then follow up with them remotely as well. And so we've, we've done a few of those as well, which was really fun um, for me when people fly in to see us. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Um, that's <laughs> awesome. Like yeah, so, so awesome. Oh, such a good feeling. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. So, um, but obviously like, I mean, no, no online program, no, like, and I have online programs and they're there for education, but like no online program, no, you know, get fit for after six weeks postpartum, like any of that stuff is going to actually truly get to the root of things. And so I firmly believe like in-person, one-on-one, hands-on manual therapy, like with a skilled practitioner is like gold standard. Um, so I would always say like, if that's your, like what your options are, like choose that first, but there are other options from an access standpoint to make sure that you are getting the care that you need and helping get you in the right direction that you need to go. Um, and then, you know, like I said, you can always fly, fly to Utah and see us. (laughs) Absolutely. That is such a cool option. So if you are looking to check out Betty and her amazing team, can you tell them where they can find you? Obviously you're in Utah, but um, she's all, you're all over. Yeah. So our website is called www.reborn, 
phw.com for pelvic health and wellness. And then we're on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all the things um, at Reborn Pelvic Health and Wellness. Um, And that's where you can find us all over the place. Absolutely. And we're going to be um, listing all of those things in the show notes. We'll make sure to be tagging you on social media. So if you are not on our Instagram or you didn't know we had an Instagram, head over to Instagram at the VBAC link and see today's post and you'll be, we'll have her post right there and you can click on and go like her page because there's so much that you post that so many people from out of state really can still benefit from. So, um, it's definitely one of those pages that I would suggest following. Well, thank you so much for Thanks, being with us. Seriously, you are awesome. I just think you're incredible. And I know all the people out there do as well. Cause I see them. I see the comments all over <laughs> our Utah birth forums. So, um, keep it up and thank you so much for sharing today, all of your wealth and knowledge. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Megan. I really appreciate it. Would you like to be a guest on the podcast? Tell us about your experience at the vbacklink.com slash share. For more information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, and Julian Megan's bios, head over to the vbacklink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.